0: I want to continue tonight with this that we have been looking at uh, being led by peace. And uh, I made the statement a couple of times, but I want to reiterate the statement that peace is one of the highest evidences of the presence of God in the life and the home of a believer. Peace is one of the highest evidences of the presence of God in the life and the home of the believer. Uh, I've had occasion, like I'm, I'm certain many of you have, uh, to be in places, to be in situations, to be with people uh, where it was evident that there was no peace. And uh, that lack of peace is evidence of a lack of the presence of God. Uh, the evidence of peace is the evidence of God's presence. And uh, this is important to to remember uh, because very often people will ask, you know, what is peace? And they'll try to define peace uh, through a number of different ways. You know, well, peace is uh, a feeling of security. Or, you know, when you're at peace, you're not worried. And all of those things, I understand, uh, are indicative of having peace. But when you boil peace down to its... uh, its raw element, all right, it's the fruit of the Spirit, all right, it's a fruit of the reborn human spirit. And um, when we look here in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit, all right, now remember, he's just outlined the works of the flesh. We could say the fruit of the flesh. And very often when people come to these verses, the uh, the focus is on not sinning, not walking in the flesh, and you shouldn't walk in the flesh, and don't walk in the flesh, and this is what happens if you walk in the flesh. And that's all appropriate, and I'm, I'm certain that there's a time for that, but, here, but it's like anything that, that you read in the Word of God that God asks you not to do, especially in the New Testament, he also gives you a way not to do it. And so the focus here is don't walk in the flesh, walk in the Spirit, and you'll avoid the works of the flesh. So he says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So peace is one of the fruits of the reborn human spirit. Now, this word peace, uh, it is not the Greek word sozo or soteria. It is the Greek word irene, all right? Uh, It's it's spelled E-R-E-N-E, all right? It's pronounced irene, and it comes from a word that means, among other definitions, quietness, rest, and tranquility. All right? Quietness, rest, and tranquility. So you can see from the definition that this is describing something that is undisturbed, composed, and filled with tranquility. All right? Undisturbed, Composed and filled with tranquility. See, the fruit of peace has been given to us to access whenever we desire or whenever the need for peace arises. All right, there. Are, there are other things that in in this verse, for instance. Uh, a lot of times when these verses are read. Uh, it's read like this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, love, joy peace, and they skip right over peace. The emphasis, and, and I like to say it this way, love and joy get a lot of airplay. Got to walk in love. The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts, and we should. I've taught a lot on walking in love, and we should. And, then, and the joy of the Lord is your strength. All right, but when it comes to peace, it's like it's something you gotta work and you gotta uh, uh, you gotta exert. Oh, you just gotta uh, make yourself walk in peace. Well, you do have to confine yourself to peace. You have to keep yourself in peace. All right, but in the doing of that, you're accessing peace. And so it's just like the love of God. You can love anybody because the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart. You can be joyful in all circumstances because you have the joy of the Lord. Well, you can be tranquil, quiet, at rest, and composed in any situation because you're accessing the peace of God. All right, we're not going to take the time to go to those verses. But Philippians says it's the peace of God that will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Jesus said in John 14, 27, he said it was his peace that he left us with. And so it's the peace of God and the peace of Jesus. Now think about that for a moment. As believers, we have access to the love of God, the joy of the Lord, and the peace of God. Now think with me for a moment about how unmovable God is. How composed God is. How at peace God is. And that's the same peace you have inside of you. I have access to that. And, and here's the thing. I will have to spend time keeping myself in the lane of peace. Amen. You know, I have, uh, I've, I've done a lot of, uh, oh, I've, I've been an athlete a lot in my life. And uh, sports used to be a big part of my life. They're not so much anymore, but they used to be. And, and here's something I, I've watched over the years. And I, uh, uh, I have, I've ran track and field. I've participated in track and field. Never coached track and field, uh, but I know the rules. And and here's the thing, you know, runners are in a lane, and especially in certain sprint races, um, you know, hundred meter dash. If you get out of your lane, you're DQ, you're disqualified. Because you have a lane that you're supposed to be running in. Right? And and what happens if you get out of that lane, you impede the other runners' progress or you impede their ability to compete. If you watch other races, like you watch the mile, the fifteen hundred meters, a long distance race, that first lap, they call it the bell lap, that first lap, they they've all got to stay in their lane. After that first lap, you see them, they all come over and they can run wherever they want. Well, here's here's the reason. If you you don't stay in that lane, you're giving somebody else a disadvantage. you got to stay in the lane of peace. Don't get out of the lane of peace. When you get out of the lane of peace, you give the devil an advantage over you. Understand that, that the Bible says in Isaiah, there is no peace, saith God, to the wicked. Well, there's no being more wicked than the devil. He has no peace. I, I, I just want you to imagine with me for a moment the, 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 the lack of peace in his life, knowing his ultimate end and knowing there's no hope to avoid it. Knowing that defeat is always what he's got to look forward to, even though his pride will not let him admit it. There's no peace. When the devil shows up, there's no peace. When anything of the devil shows up, there's no peace with it. All right? And so then anything that robs you of your peace, anything that tries to take your peace away we know that's not of God. That's not coming out of my spirit. That's coming from an outside source. And I have to take the initiative and hold myself in the lane of peace. you see this? Because what will happen is you'll start butting up against those bumpers of peace. On, on my wife's car, she has a feature on her car. Uh, Helps you stay in your lane, and if you start going over the line, the car will actually take over and pull you back over in the middle of the lane. It it'll move the wheel, pull you back over in in the middle of the lane, and it's uh, it's a bit concerning when it first happens because you're like, what in the world's going to? Well, actually, what the car is doing is it has a camera on it, and it's it's focused on that line. And when you start to drift over that line, the computer in the car assumes you're either distracted or asleep, and it pulls it back over so that you don't run headlong into someone. Well, that's how peace does. When, when you start getting out of the lane of peace, all kind of alarms start going off. All right? The, the, the uneasiness, the concern, all right? That, what that is, is that's evidence you need to pull this back over in the lane of peace. All right. It should concern the believer when there's a lack of peace. And we're, and we're going to get into some things about keeping your peace. But this is important. Let's, let's look. See, this peace flows as I access it and allow it to access my circumstance. I have to allow peace to access my circumstance. In uh, the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, Isaiah chapter 55. And this, over a period of time, has really become a verse that I lean on. Amen. Let let me say this as we're getting ready to get into this. The enemy will always push you. All right, understand this. God does not push you in the sense of of, uh, driving you. The enemy is always driving you, always trying to get you to do something, all right? When you refuse to do anything that you don't have peace about, all right, you've just defeated his ability because I'm I'm not going to do anything I don't have peace about. And and that's important that you make that the, uh, the defining decision maker in your life. In Isaiah 55 and verse 12, he says, For you will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. You'll go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Now, this phrase, led forth with peace, it means to be born along. All right? So that that can carry the idea if you've ever Uh, ridden an inner tube in a river, all right, where you're in the inner tube, and you're being borne along by the river. And so that's the idea you get from being led forth by peace, is I am in my peace, and that peace is just carrying me along, all right? That peace is conducting me. Another meaning is to be conducted. All right, it's conducting me. It's conducting me in my daily decisions. It's conducting me in the things that I need to do. Over the years, uh, people would come to me and they'd say, well, pastor, what do I need to do here? I've got two or three options or more. What do I need to do? And my response is always, what do you have peace about? And I'll hear things like this. Well, this is, you know, the most affordable option uh, this is uh, the one that looks the best, uh, this is the best deal. Okay, but that's not what I asked. What do you have peace about? Because you may be looking at two different things, and for a very elementary illustration, one might be far more expensive than the other one, but you have peace about the expensive one, and you don't have ex- peace, uh, 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 peace about the less expensive one. You better follow Peace because if you don't follow peace that inexpensive thing will be a problem oh hallelujah it's important what do you have peace about because peace is what's conducting you peace is what's bearing you along peace is what's carrying you amen i was i was sharing uh with uh, brother jim today uh he was taking me uh to uh I had to drop Pastor Michelle's car off to get it looked at, and he was uh, helping me with the ride as she was driving my car because uh, as hard as it is to believe, this is Lily's first day of first grade. And so we went and dropped her off at uh, first day of first grade and walked her in. Uh, but after that, of course, Pastor Michelle needed to go home, so she dropped me at the office. And I'm not just telling you about my day. I'm explaining uh, as we were traveling, Brother Jim and I were, were traveling across the city, I was talking about how this, really this month, but especially the last two or three weeks, there's been some very trying things that have come up. And it's something that we've just had to keep ourselves in the realm of peace and just keep ourselves in this bubble of peace, if you would. Keep ourselves in the lane of peace. All right? Because, when you, listen, when you get out of peace, all kind of things start working. Oh, hallelujah. And the enemy will start with, well, doesn't anybody care about you? Nobody knows what you're going through. Nobody's asked. Nobody's this. Nobody's that. All right? Well, that that serves to rob your peace. When you start feeling sorry for you, you have no peace. You got to fight to keep yourself in that lane of peace. All right, throughout our lives, we're carried by peace. Amen. Well, but I'm I'm facing this challenge. You got to get in peace and know that that challenge is all going to work out. All right. Because the word promises that and you stay in peace. Look at uh, Colossians 3. Colossians chapter 3. And I'll make a statement that at first it can sound kind of direct, but I'm not trying to just be direct for direct sake. You know, when you start talking about these kind of things, a lot of times, you know, people just look at it as elementary. Well, if it was so elementary, why aren't more Christians doing it? If living in peace is so easy, why aren't more Christians doing it? There are Christians right now that are panicked about everything the world's panicked about. And I'll tell you, one of the main reasons is they keep filling their mind with the same thing the world's filling their mind with. And the Lord said to us a few weeks ago, he said, You cannot expect to think on the same things the world thinks on and not think the thoughts the world thinks. You can't. Amen. You can't go home and watch the same news programs that everybody else is watching and expect to think something different. Now, can you watch the news and maintain your peace? Yes, you can. But you always put undue pressure on your peace. Hallelujah. In uh, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15, notice. It says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you are called in one body and be thankful. So we talked about this a little before that the the word rule here properly means to act as an umpire or to arbitrate or to uh, uh, to decide. A great Bible scholar, Lightfoot, His paraphrase was, let the one supreme umpire in your hearts, the one referee amidst all your difficulties, be the peace of Christ. Let that one umpire, that one referee be the peace of Christ. Hallelujah. See, this peace settles all strife. And that's not just strife between people, although it's part of that as well. You know, strife comes up when you're facing challenges. Strife comes up when you're facing circumstances. This peace settles all strife. It preserves unity. When you're seeking peace and pursuing it. In your marriage, when you quit worrying about being right and you seek peace and pursue it, it settles all the issues. I want peace. Amen. Amen. Arguments come from wanting to be right, wanting to be heard, wanting your opinion known. But when you seek peace, it doesn't matter about my opinion. doesn't matter if I'm right. I want peace. Oh, hallelujah. That's, that's what I learned years ago, not to retaliate when somebody does does you wrong you don't you don't say anything you don't look for a way to get back you don't look for a way to hit back and and prove that you're right well this is what they said about me and i need everybody to know that i didn't do that well that that doesn't matter you're you're getting out of peace amen it's not did I win the argument did i put him or her in their place because whoever wins an argument what they win right it's it's better to keep a friend than win a fight that's so important it's 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 better to humble myself And adhere to and honor the word and walk in love and walk in peace than it is to win the argument. Because if I win the argument and hurt my wife, what have I gained? If I win the argument and hurt my husband, what have I gained? Nothing. It's better to walk at peace. And a lot of times that walking at peace in peace and seeking peace and pursuing it means you asking forgiveness even when you think you're right. It means you submitting, you taking the low place, doing what you know you need to do to put an end to the argument because you're seeking peace. And again, that sounds very elementary, but after having counseled marriages for a long time, I can tell you that I've never counseled anybody that was seeking peace and pursuing it. But I've counseled numerous people that were determined to have their own way. There's no peace there. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? See, peace is to be the finality All right. He said that you have to let the peace. The idea is you're allowing the peace of God to call the shots in your life. And peace is to be the finality. In other words, when you have peace about it, that's it. That's the final say. Amen. So what do I have peace about? What do I have a lack of peace about? If I have a lack of peace about something, I'm not pursuing it because I don't have peace. And people will say, well, what do you have peace about? And you may have to say, well, I don't know. I don't know yet. I haven't haven't figured that out. Because you're seeking God. What do I have peace about? Not how do I feel, but what do I have peace about? You got to let peace show you the way. You got to let peace direct where you're going. Amen. And you may have to consider different alternatives and look for the peace before you finalize something. When Pastor Michelle and I were buying, looking for a home, the Lord had told us to to buy a home in Little Rock. And uh, we were looking for a home and and, um, there was a certain area of town that we really enjoyed when we first moved here. And But every time we would go there to look at a house, we just didn't have any peace. And besides that, they were getting snatched up off the market as soon as they came on the market, and we just didn't have any peace about it. And we liked the area; it was a nice area, but we just didn't have any peace. And so finally, we went. We went down one day. There's an, there's an area, uh, Chenal Valley here in, in Little Rock, off of Channell and uh, 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 Avenue. And we went not too far from there, and we went into this house, and oh, I mean, it was just it was, it was really beautiful. I mean, it had a wonderful staircase with a, a, a curved banister, uh, had a really big living room, a big setting room. Uh, the, the, the The dining room was 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 big, uh, had more bedrooms than we had thought about, and man, the price was right. Are you with me? But the whole time our realtor was walking us through the house, I was looking, my wife was looking, we are thinking, boy, that's nice. And boy, that's nice. But here you go, something right here. Right? I just, I just got a little bit of a lack of peace. I mean, and then what will happen? Your emotions will try to override that. Well, but, I mean, look at this. Look at look at the other. Look at this, and then you 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 you'll be walking, and it's like, hmm. And the realtor say, "What do y'all think?" And you're like, "You know, I just don't know. I just don't know." Let's let's walk here a little bit further and look. And and you know, uh, we told the realtor we said, "Well, let's go ahead and make him an offer." And so they made an offer. He made an offer, and wouldn't you know it? In about an hour they accepted the offer. Now, thankfully, we had not put anything down, any earnest money or anything because they had to have an inspection. Well, the whole time, I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't know that I have peace about this. And the inspector got in there and started looking at the house, and there were all kind of things wrong with that house. I mean, not just, not just uh, minor things. I mean, important things. You know, Vital things to the house. And and thankfully, you know, again, we hadn't signed anything, we could withdraw our offer. But here's the thing. Now, now listen, I'm I'm helping you learn through my almost mistake. All right. I knew walking through that house I didn't have peace about it. My wife knew she didn't have peace about it. But see, we're being pushed. Right? Because that's, that's what we thought. That's the neighborhood we want to be in. So we're being pushed. And we're overlooking things because we're being pushed. Right? Well, we repented and decided we're not doing that no more. And we got before the Lord and with the Lord. And both of us began to talk about it. And, and, and the, the, the name Maumel kept coming up to us. When we'd pray, we'd hear Maumel. And then we'd pray again, hear Maumel. And we just had peace about Maumelle. Well, Mell is a bedroom community to Little Rock, about eight miles from Little Rock, something like that. And uh, we told our realtor, well, we'd like to expand the, the, the uh, search out there. And he did, and he came back with uh, two homes in Mell. And, and one of them was in the uh, uh, Country Club Estates, and the other one is in uh, the Osage Falls subdivision and so we went to the one country club first now watch we're following peace are you following me and we get there now watch this house looks great i mean it's got a a garage that's detached from the house and it's got a a a portico that's covered that you walk into the garage it's got a two-car garage and a golf cart garage i mean it looks great the entryway looked great And we walked in that house, the minute I walked in that house, I said, there's no peace. I looked at my wife, I said, I have no peace. And we both said, agreed, well, we'll we'll go ahead and look at it just not to waste his time. But we walked through there and the whole time I knew we're not getting this house because I have no peace. And we walked out and he said, what do you think? I said, it's not for us. It's not the one for us. He said, well, I got this other one over in this other uh, subdivision. And so we drove over there. And, man, when when, when, when we drove into the neighborhood, I love the neighborhood. We got to the house. Uh, the, there's a a, 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 a a cul-de-sac right there on the hill of our house. And we, we pulled up past the house and turned around the cul-de-sac. And when I turned around, I looked down the hill at my house, and I looked at my wife, and I said, that's it. And she said, "Yeah, I believe so." And we walked in the door. This is it, you know, because immediately there was peace. I didn't even need to look at the rest of the house. I got peace. See, I'm being borne along by peace. I'm letting peace rule me. And 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 this was, of course, at the time that the pandemic had just hit, and the people in the house were wanting to move northeast or uh, northwest Arkansas. And so they're in a hurry. And what, you know it? People that were in a hurry to move were hooked up with people that were ready to buy right now. And their family situation was similar to ours. They had adopted a child. We had just adopted a child. Our situation resonated with them. And there were two other people that had made an offer on the house. But they, they, they took our offer. Well, we had peace. Now people will say, is that the way it works every time? I promise you that's the way it works every time. Because you walk into a place and it's not yours because you like it. It's yours because you have peace about it. Oh, glory. Now, you got to allow peace to show you the way. So here's my point. You may have to consider different alternatives. And look for the peace before you finalize anything. That's why I'm telling you, don't be pushed. Don't be rushed. Hallelujah. You know, it's like when you used to go, and, and they don't do it so much anymore, but sometimes they still do. You go to the car lot, and you're looking for a car, and the, and the dealer's like, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? And, you know, if you're looking for peace, you'll look at him and say, well, you know, we're just looking right now. Let us look. Why? Because you don't have to buy a car today. Like one guy, the guy went to the car lot and he got out of his car and, and he was looking and, and the salesman came over and said, uh, uh, how you doing today? And he said, well, I'm just looking. The guy said, that's how it starts. Amen. But if I'm just looking, I'm just looking. But what am I checking for while I'm looking? Peace, peace, oh peace! Do you see that? The last vehicle that 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 I bought, a uh, good friend of I say a good friend, good acquaintance of ours, worked there at Olathe Ford, uh, brother Dennis, and I I had bought four cars from him, Pastor Michelle, I'd bought three, she had bought four, and so we'd been dealing with him, and we went there, and I thought I had this certain car in mind, all right, and uh, he pulled it up, and I started looking at it like, no, and he said, now we got this one, I'll let you look at this one, and it was the one I bought, he said, I'll let you look at this while i go get the other one. Well, while he was going to get the other one, I got the one I bought. And I looked at my wife. I said, this is mine. This is mine. I got peace. And she said, so do I. It was the car, the exact vehicle that I wanted. Now, he came back with another one. And I said, well, Dennis, I'm sorry I I made you do all that work. I said, but this is the one we want. He said, you sure? I said, absolutely. See, what I'm trying to explain to you is there's a certainty that comes with you being in peace. Amen. And, and you may have to look at the options. There are occasions that takes a little bit of time. Take whatever time is necessary to find peace. And, and don't worry about anybody else's time frame. You don't have a time frame. You got to find peace. Oh, hallelujah. Now, notice verse 16 Or actually, verse 15, excuse me. At the end, it says, and be thankful. Now, why is being thankful so important? Because being thankful helps you maintain your peace. Being thankful helps you maintain your peace, even though you don't know what to do about a situation. Well, I don't know what to do about this. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you're working on it. Thank you that I'm going to make the right decision. I'm thankful, Lord. I'm grateful. I'm thankful. Hallelujah. Because while you're seeking direction, you want to stay in a mode of thanksgiving. I don't have peace about that, but Lord, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that you're leading me. I'm thankful that you're guiding me. I'm thankful that you're helping me. Hallelujah. Do you see this? And you're maintaining your thanksgiving. That helps you stay in peace. Well, what are you going to do about that? Well, I don't know right now, but I'm thankful that the Lord's working. Amen. Well, I know that you have need of this, and what are you going to do about it? Well, you know, I'm not sure right now, but I'm thankful. The Lord's always met my need, and he always will. Oh, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. You know, you can't lose your peace. About something going on with your in your life, if you're constantly staying thankful for what God's already done for you, Amen. Look, look at Acts chapter sixteen. There are so many. I was up very early this morning, and the Lord began to talk to me about tonight's message. And he kept bringing these scriptures back to me. Acts 16. And um, this is a familiar passage, but I want you to see something. Uh, Verse 25, when Paul and Silas are in prison. And notice it says, At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises to God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake. So the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed. The Weiss Bible says they were singing praises to God, mingling petition with songs of praise, and the prisoners were listening to them, enjoying their singing. Oh, hallelujah. Now, we're going to talk about why that is in just a moment. But notice the situation. Paul and Silas had been falsely accused. They had been illegally beaten, and they are in the maximum security prison for doing nothing wrong. Oh, hallelujah. And their response is to sing praises to God. Oh, hallelujah. When that that phrase, sing praises, it means to celebrate song, celebrate God in song. To celebrate God in song. Now listen, what is there to celebrate when I've been illegally beaten, falsely accused, and I'm in the maximum security prison? What's there to celebrate? All right? So in prison, they're celebrating God. Here's why. Peace turns you towards God and his goodness. When you're at peace, you turn towards God and his goodness. And they started celebrating God. In this prison, Paul and Silas were a habitation of God's peace. There was a peaceful atmosphere just because they were there. Notice. Because the prisoners were listening to them sing, enjoying their singing. It brought peace. If, if you've ever been around uh, believers, Christian folks, there, there are people that when they come into your presence, they just bring peace. They just bring peace with them. Now, I believe all believers should be that way. But I've had people tell me, you know, Pastor, when you came up to the hospital room, peace just came with you. Yeah. Because you become a habitation of the peace of God. Hallelujah. Their willingness to stay in peace afforded God the opportunity to move for them. Right after that verse, we see suddenly there was a great earthquake. Understand something. Deliverance can be delayed if you don't stay in peace. If you don't stay in peace, your deliverance can be delayed. We know that from the children of Israel because they complained and murmured in the wilderness. And it it delayed their deliverance by 40 years. Learn that. Whatever, Whatever happens, I'm maintaining my peace. Whatever occurs, I'm standing on what the word said And I'm maintaining our peace. It says He is our peace. Jesus is our peace. What what is evidences of a lack of peace? Phrases like this all the time. I just don't know what I'm going to do. I just don't know what I'm going to do. I don't understand. Oh, if something don't change, I just there's no peace there. There's no peace there. No peace there. I may not know what I'm going to do, but the greater one in me knows what he's going to do and he knows what I need to do, right? And I'm just drawing that peace out. I'm drawing that knowledge out. I'm drawing that wisdom out. How? By staying in peace. By staying in peace. Oh, glory. Acts chapter 12. And uh, verse 5. And notice it says, Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. Now, this is, of course, after uh, Herod had killed James, the brother of John. And uh, his intention was to kill Peter. But it says, Peter was kept in prison. Prayer was made unto unto God, was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, when Herod would have brought him forth in the morning, the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. Now, here's what I want you to see first of all Herod's intention was to execute Peter. Uh, Peter was well aware of his intentions. Yet the night before, he's sleeping soundly. He's sleeping. One translation says he was sound asleep. Now, now, very often the focus is on the angel and, and the gate opening of its own accord. That's wonderful. That's miraculous. But I submit to you, had Peter not been in peace, that wouldn't have happened. Why? Because you, you can short-circuit the moving of God by losing your peace. Because you'll make decisions with the lack of peace, and you'll make a decision to try to fix the circumstance, and you'll make a wrong decision. But Peter's at peace, and I'm going to show you why in a moment, according to the Scripture, that he was at peace. Now, the church was praying for his release, but understand something. Peter had to allow the peace of God to govern him. Remember, the Bible says you've got to let the peace of God rule or umpire your life or call the shots, and you've got to let it. And so you might have to sit back and say, okay, what do I have peace about? If you're dealing with something in your family, you might have to talk to your wife. Okay, baby, what have we got peace about? Where, where do you have peace? And they may say, well, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't have peace about anything yet. Okay, we need to pray some more. We need to wait. Yeah, but this needs to change. We need to wait. We need to wait till we have peace. And, and when you have peace, now you have a direction. If I don't have peace, I don't know what to do. If you don't have peace, you don't know what to do. Well, this makes sense, but does it make peace? It might make sense, but does it make peace? Oh, hallelujah. When, when you're considering a mate, when you're considering a, a, a man or a woman for your husband or your wife, do you have peace? Not are they good-looking Not do they have a great job, do you have peace? If I have peace about that person, I have peace about the relationship. Well, you know, Pastor, I don't want to over-spiritualize anything. Listen, just marry somebody that you don't have peace about, and you'll wish you over-spiritualized the situation. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What caused him to have this kind of peace? Trust in what Jesus had said. I, 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 look, look at the book of John, chapter 21. And this will be our last verse. John, chapter 21. I've, I've talked to scores of people over the years And they would say things to me when they got involved in something that didn't go right. They would say, you know, I didn't have peace about that when I did it. My brother, sister, that should tell us something. I've I've seen, and I've never had anyone say, you know, that failed. And you know, I had perfect peace about it. Never had anybody say that. Never. Never. Why? Because when you follow peace, when you follow peace, you're following the direction of God. This is my peace. You know, a lot of times we'll hear people say and talk about uh, things they did, right? For instance, my pastor uh, talking about uh, getting the, the, those 12 acres uh, up off of Napa Valley there in Little Rock. And he said, he went up there and was sitting on that stump. The Lord said, Uh, This is what you need to offer these men. And I'll I'll shorten the story. But he went and the men said, uh, no, you know, we don't want to sell the property necessarily. We don't have to. That's not enough money. And he said he went back up and sat on that stump. Now watch. And said, okay, now what? At peace. Now what? Notice Now notice, he didn't try to change their mind. Why? He had done what God told him to do. When you do what God has told you to do, be at peace. Don't allow the circumstance, don't allow the people to try to get you worked up. You did what God told you, be at peace. Be at peace. Well, as he sat there. The Lord said, I want you to wait three weeks, and then I want you to go give them this amount of money, ask them, uh, uh, offer them this amount of money. And it was less money, but they accepted it. Well, why did they accept it? And people say, great faith. It was great faith, but it was also great peace. Great peace. When the Lord told them to build that building debt-free, well, nobody knew how much interest rates were going to increase. And how much money they saved by paying for it as they went. But I, I've, I've heard the story. And, and, and uh, in a speaker's room one night, he was telling me the story about that. And he said, you know, when I told people that we were going to build the building debt-free, people said, are you sure you heard from God? Now watch. And he said, I'm absolutely sure, and walked off. That's peace. Peace. That's peace. What do you have peace about? Peace is the umpire. If you have peace, you heard from God. If you have peace, you're hearing from the Holy Spirit. In John 21, verse 18, after Jesus had told, asked Peter to feed his sheep and his lambs, he said, truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you girded yourself and walked wherever you wanted but when you shall be old, notice, you'll stretch forth your hands, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not want to go. This spake he, signifying what death he should by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said unto him, follow me. Now, why is this important? Jesus told Peter when he was going to die, when he was old. The Aramaic says gray-headed. Now, think about this for a moment. Jesus was only 33 years old when he died on the cross. So his earthly life ended at 33. Now, if, if, if you just look at it from common sense, Peter may have been around the same age, maybe younger, But he's by no means an old man right now. And Jesus had told him, when you're old is when you're going to die. What is he focused on? What Jesus said. He knew God would deliver him because he knew what Jesus said. And that brought peace. Staying with the word produces peace. What did the word say? Well, I'm facing a, a big challenge. What did the word say in all these things you're more than conquerors see that brings peace well how do you think this is going to go my way why because all things work together for my good i prayed in the spirit i partnered with the lord everything is going my way and you may not have a direction You may not have complete peace, but watch. You've prayed in the Spirit. You've partnered with the Lord. What does that mean? Everything's going your way. Well, but, you know, I didn't retaliate against that person, and and I responded uh, 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 with a soft answer. Well, what does that mean? That means everything's going to turn for your good. But it doesn't look like it. I understand, but the Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. Peace is produced when you know you did what the Word told you to do. If I did what the Word said, then I'm at peace that it's all going to go the way the Word said it would go. Hallelujah. Do you see that? When when the Lord told us about our locations, he told me to fill the house in DeSoto. Well, how do I know the house in DeSoto is going to be filled? Because we're acting on what he said. So it's going to happen. He told us to cover Arkansas. How do we know we're going to cover Arkansas? Because we're acting on what he said. Don't don't get worked up because you're not seeing everything God promised you. Where are you at right now? You're growing. You're advancing. That's that's where people make a mistake. They, They don't stop and get at peace about where they're at. Well, I, I want this kind of brand new car. And and they don't see the three or four or five steps that God's brought them up in vehicles, for instance. That they're driving the best vehicle they've ever driven. And God will provide another one. And it'll be better. Why? Because he said it would be better. Glory to God. You You can't despise day of small things. You got to work with what you have. And that produces peace. Take care of everything you have. Take care of the vehicle you have. Take care of the house you have. I'm constantly telling my wife, uh, we got to paint that. I've got to recalk that because we're going to take care of what God's given us. And what does that do? That produces peace. And then you can go to God. I'll close with this. And then you can go to God and say, Lord, I've been faithful with that vehicle. I've been faithful. Lord, I've kept it up. It can be something as simple as I've kept the oil change. I keep it clean. I keep good tires on it. Lord, I've given people rides in that car. I know people that have helped me get to meetings, and they can go to God with that. Lord, I've, I've helped my pastor get to meetings to share the word of God in this vehicle. Thank you for a better one. But, Lord, and I'm grateful for this one, and I'm at peace. Amen. I remember one time, let me, let, me, let me try to finish with this. I remember one time Pastor Michelle and I, I had gotten a, a tire fixed or a left rear tire fixed, Uh, on uh, a red Explorer that I had, and it was a, uh, they they were almost brand new tires, and somehow I'd picked up a screw in that tire. Well, I'd taken it to the shop and had it fixed, and they had plugged the tire. Well, one day we're, it it was a Friday, and we're on our way to take Liliana to school, and, and because you live in Kansas, I can't explain to you how the traffic on Marmel Boulevard can be in Marmel Arkansas. All right? At there's times of the morning it can be downright trying. All right? And so we're we're on our way and we're about to get on the highway and all of a sudden uh and and w- when you get on the highway just a quarter of a mile is the bridge over the Arkansas River. And at that time, they were doing construction on the bridge. So you had one lane down the middle and two lanes on the right and three lanes on the left coming and these lanes going. And if you broke down on that bridge, there was nowhere to go. At that time, there was no shoulder. And so we're about to get on the highway, and the tire pressure sensor comes on. Alarm comes on. Left rear tire, low. And I said, that's impossible. It was fine. And I, I, I have power mirrors, so I powered that mirror down, and sure enough, that tire's almost flat. Well, we were right there by a come and go, and so I just whipped in there and thought, I'll just put some air in it and see what, what's going on. Well, when I pulled up there, I could hear the air coming out. That plug had come out. Now, listen. The back of my Explorer is packed with product, all right? I got to unload all these boxes to get to my spare tire. But watch, watch, watch the process. Okay, the first thing I'm thankful for, whew, thank you, Lord, I didn't get on the highway. Oh, I thank you, Lord, I have peace about, oh, thank you. The second thing, my spare had plenty of air. Oh, hallelujah. The third thing I'm thankful about, I can go back home and get my wife's car and take Liliana to school, right? Uh, The fourth thing I'm thankful about, I got to take Pastor Caldwell to an appointment. Thank you, Lord. That didn't happen while he was in the car. And I got to drive. You understand why I'm saying that? I'm in charge of if I lose my peace or not. I could have lost my peace because it was hot, because I had to change that tire, or I could do what we did and be thankful and maintain our peace. I didn't get on the highway. The spare was good. I can go back home and get your car, and pastor wasn't with me. Glory. Staying with the word produces peace. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Say it out loud with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I choose to keep my peace in every circumstance. I will look to the Word, and I will follow after peace. In the name of Jesus, amen.